Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 3.24% APR. You can apply for an auto loan online at ukfcu.org or in person at the dealership. You can get your dream car today. It's UK Federal Credit Union, banking only better. Annual percentage rate. Member qualifications apply. Rate subject to credit approval and subject to change. For full disclosures and cost details, call 800-234-8528. Federally insured by NCU. It's football time in the bluegrass. You're listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by UK Federal Credit Union. Welcome to Better Banking, UKFCU. Give them a call at 859-264-4200. UK Federal Credit Union is the presenting host of the KSR Football Podcast. I'm Nick Rouse today talking with Drew Franklin. Charles Walker and Freddie Maggard after a a loss to the eighth-ranked Auburn Tigers. Kentucky went to the Plains, and they unfortunately couldn't get it done. Uh, I don't know about you, Charles Walker, but there was a couple mistakes on Saturday that I actually grabbed. I had to, like, actually throw things um, in order to, like, calm down. Yeah, you know, and it seemed like – our mistakes came at the most pivotal points in the game. So um, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it, it was the word they kept using, Freddie, was situational football. And uh, I just love that, like, it means, like, we were either really good and made big plays or we really sucked and made bad plays when we needed to make big plays. Yeah, situ- <laughs> situational football, that's, that's exactly right, you know. Um, it was really a tale of two halves, you know. You started at halftime or near halftime. Chris Rodriguez, you know, in my opinion, was that was a touchdown. Interception, targeting, comeback, Kentucky. Uh, you know, the first two drives stalled out, got off schedule. And then, you know, Auburn they had the turnover. Then Auburn scored uh, the fake punt. Auburn scored. So, uh, Kentucky got off schedule, and, and that's what happened. And then you just had to mismatch with Seth Williams, who is just a tremendous football player. And you know what? Football football happens. He's going to win 50-50 balls uh, on a high percentage uh, basis. So, uh, you know, just, uh, just some things happened. The holding call there on second and eight, that, that, that hurt Kentucky really bad. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
going forward, Kentucky can't beat itself. And I think they're going to talk about that at length at the facility today. <laughs> that's, that's a nice way to put it, Freddie. We're going to talk about it at length. Uh, AKA some yeah. folks are going to get yelled at quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but I, I did think that like, you know, of course there were some good things, but damn it, Drew, like it, it was, it, it, you can make some of those mistakes against Eastern Michigan or Toledo, but you can't, you can't make those state mistakes against a top 10 team in Auburn. No, and these, the mistakes were pretty bad, and we're above moral victories as a program with how Terry looked outside of his major turnovers and some of the other stuff. I'm still a little confident moving forward, even though I'm still a little angry at how it all played out. But I think Kentucky overall showed us enough that they'll be just fine as a football team this year. Yeah, and I think if you're I agree, Drew. Like, if, if there was a worry at all, it's that – it. It's kind of what the boss man said, and it's kind of what I was thinking too. It sucks not having a Seth Williams that you can go to or a Benny Snell or a Lynn Bowden in just one of those big situations. Like, hey, go go make a play for us. That that part kind of stinks, but like you said, Freddie, I think there's there's a lot still to like about this football team moving forward. Yeah, Kentucky did a lot of good things. It outgained Auburn, uh, ran 78 plays compared to, what, 57? Something of that nature. It was 12 of 19 on third down. Uh, but, you know, you can't, uh, you can't go play a ranked opponent and lose the turnover battle three to zero and go one for three in the red zone scoring touchdowns and expect to win. And I think, in my opinion, uh, the turnovers and red zone uh, lack of scoring touchdowns are a couple things that really hurt Kentucky down at Auburn. Well, and that doesn't even count the – the fake punt, uh, it's basically a fourth turnover, gave Auburn a short field, yeah. Um, yeah. which, Charles, you look very upset. <laughs> did, did they ask Stoops about that today? Uh, yeah, I asked him about it after the game. Essentially, uh, I, I don't know what y'all would call it, but he he had the green light going in. Max did. If, if he got this read, then he was good to go. Um, and Stoops is like, I should have taken that off when they got up, up nine instead of two. And then somebody whiffed on a block. Auburn guy makes a good play, and Max never really had a shot. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew they kind of gave him the green light. It, it looked like one of those where, again, he's he's one of our best players. I mean, that – what, he has eight yards with his foot, one inch from the goal line. He pops off a 75-yard punt, completely, <laughs> completely flips the field. And that ball – if it didn't roll out of bounds, could have possibly rolled into the end zone. I mean, I've never seen a ball, a punt. Uh, When I was playing, he kind of did have that green light where, hey, if you got it, go. And it just goes to show you that, God, if we get one block there and, you know, the the guy's blocking probably thought, all right, he's punting it, we're good. And then he didn't. And then you go, oh, shoot. Uh, No, just right when we're in the game, that Rodriguez thing, Kills, kills it all. We'd be up six points, or maybe we go forward and are up eight, or mm-hmm. sorry, seven. Going into halftime with the ball, we can play our game, we can run, we can get in third and situation, or third and short, play action, back, our running backs on their linebackers, flat routes, boom, first down, go. But I've just never played a football game where your whole body can be across the, the end zone and then not call it a touchdown. <laughs> 
when I played grade school football, that was a touchdown. When I played high school football, that was a touchdown. When I played college football, that was a touchdown. For some reason, now it's not a touchdown. I don't know. So I, I might have a little birdie who kind of gave me a little bit of insight into what happened in that situation. A, the, the line judge just messed up. Like, you call that a touchdown, and then you go to replay – to confirm it you don't do it the other way around when it's that close you just call it and then you go to replay but i did find out that there's supposed to be a camera guy at the goal line every single time for whatever reason the camera guy got held up quote unquote and couldn't make it to the goal line which like it's a big damn sideline you can get up and down pretty quickly like i don't know if the guy had to stop and get a water break uh and just miss the play or what the deal was but they didn't have a guy there, so they couldn't – they didn't have inconclusive evidence to overturn it, yada, 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 and then that ends up happening. And God, how about your whole body in the end zone? Is that not inconclusive? I mean, I mean the, the, the part where, like, they have an actual overhead view and it's like his waist is at the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I it's, it's, uh, it's inexplainable, um, but – I think the, 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 the tough part is is you're going to get some bad breaks from time to time, but you, you need to react to them appropriately. And, I, you know, I, I think in my mind, if I'm – like I thought Eddie Graham called a great game, Freddie. Maybe in that situation you, you do the thing where you get Terry under center and everybody thinks he's doing a quarterback sneak and then you do the play-action bootleg. Like yeah. I, I, that's a great spot for it, you know. Was well, a play after the Rodriguez uh, fiasco. Terry, they, uh, the Auburn defender had Terry Wilson by the face mask pulling his head back. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's two in a row there. So, uh, but you know, Kentucky had what 20, 25, 26 seconds left to go with no timeouts. I mean, you got to throw the ball in that instance. Yeah. You know, uh, throw it into the end zone. Terry just. You know, they said, uh, Coach Stoop said, a wide receiver had a busted assignment and wasn't in the right place, and Terry went with the right place with the football, and the defender shouldn't have been there, but he was. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. It was, I, I, I want to get into some positives, but, Chuck, it wasn't a good game for your, for your wide receivers. Uh. No, it wasn't. Gosh, I don't know. It, it seemed like we dialed up a lot of those – little screenplays of the they worked they were good but I'm just kind of sick of some of the ball carriers whether it be running back or receivers not gaining the one to two to three yards when they're going down seems like you just get hit and you're like all right I got hit at the 48 I'm gonna fall at the 48 or I'm gonna fall at the 47 I'm like what I don't get why we don't fall forward seems like we never do it or and cutting out of bounds yeah we're put in these second and twos when it could just be first and 10. It's like, God, just get the extra two yards. I understand you can run out of bounds sometimes, but mm-hmm. God. There, there, was like- a, there was a couple of times where I'm like, all right, ref, he was, that's a horrible spot. Like AJ had one where I thought he was at the sticks and they, they call him a yard short. Terry had a slide where I was like, dude, he, he finished his slide three yards past the sticks. Like I get that the slide starts sooner, but like, Come on. So, I, I'm I'm going to be mad at the refs. I'm going to be mad uh, in general. And I'm also going to be mad at, like, 
it's it's not the getting guys open thing that I think some of the I think some of it is putting guys in 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 spots to succeed. So you have uh, like Allen Daly catching screen passes. Like Allen Daly, he can make some plays down the field. He can make some good blocks. He's not exactly a speed guy to like make guys miss at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then the one that really killed me, Freddie, is they use they use a ton of tight ends in this game. Uh, like, I mean, from, I mean, Brendan Bates was split out a lot. Justin Rigg was split out a lot, but you had on that holding penalty with Keaton Upshaw, Upshaw was in pass pro and Riggs running a route, uh, later on down the stretch, you've got Rigg running a wheel route that like was a catchable ball. It was tough, but like that would have been a good spot for, to have Upshaw land running that route. And, and I think some of this opening game stuff. You have your you have your guys in the right place, and I don't know if everybody was in the right place that they needed to be uh, in week one. Yeah, and then you know you look forward to week two. You know Kentucky's going to, have to score some points to keep up. Ole Miss is going to score. I'm telling you right now, they will score a lot of points, and, and Ole Miss can score in bunches. So, you know Kentucky's got to going to have to score, and you know in my opinion that Kentucky's going to, have to slow the game down by living in a slot, you know, I bring that term, sustain long offensive possessions mm-hmm. and get a, get a turnover or two to, to take away from the number of possessions that Ole Miss is going to have. Uh, so, you know, Kentucky's got to score. And I think, you know, Florida threw for 400 and something yards against Ole Miss last week. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their secondary is, is suspect. I think Kentucky's going to have to line it up and run at Ole Miss and, and keep the ball and keep it uh, on the ground and, and use some play action. But, but uh, Ole Miss gave up some shots. So this may be the week that we see those deep shots completed. You like slop. I like LSD. Long, sustained drives. Uh, and Kentucky did do that. So let's, let's talk about some, some, some good things that happened. Like just some things that you're like, man, you know what? That was great. And Drew, I'm curious what were some of the things that you thought went right for Kentucky? Because – like even though that Kentucky lost to a top ten team, they did go toe to toe with them for three and a three and a half quarters. Well, I like that they scored more touchdowns than they were given credit for. Uh, we'll start with that. Chris Rod- Chris Rodriguez touchdown looked great. I know we've already touched on that, but um, I even liked what my boy Boss Man Fat did. Now he absolutely got mossed, and I don't like that he kept talking. He had an awful penalty. We have lots of bad things to say from Boss Man Fat, but I, I saw the potential there. In number one in the secondary. Not many people, I think, are speaking very highly of him on this Monday. Yeah, and you know what? They should be uh, not so mad at him because, A, uh, like it takes a hell of a personality to get mossed on like that and still be talking trash afterwards. I love the confidence. But, like, Seth Williams could have had a touchdown right before it on the same exact play, and he played it perfectly. Like, Williams didn't have a shot to get it. He basically forced him out of bounds. Uh, and that was right before, I mean, Bo Nix dropped that one in the bucket, and then Williams caught it like 10 and a half feet in the air. Like, that dude's just – he's pretty good, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's not yeah. going to be the only person that, that Seth Williams mosses this year. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, but I, I did like Boss Man Fat's attitude. What I loved, and it doesn't really show up on the – 
in the box score for Eddie. He only counted for four tackles, one and a half for a loss. Not a bad start. But Josh Pascal, man, that dude was all yeah. over the place. And yeah. early on, he made some of those plays that, like, he was in the right spot. But, like, I just the, the game is moving real fast in that first series or whatever. I think he's making that play in week two on. And I, I just – the first series out, he's just a second slow to react to that make that tackle for a loss. Yeah, I thought Josh Pascal played a heck of a football game. I mean, he didn't, you know, didn't get a high number of tackles or he didn't get a quarterback sack. But I thought, uh, I mean, that's just the way Auburn plays. Uh, I thought he played a heck of a football game. I really did. Josh came out and, and did his job, played his assignment. And, uh, you know, he got close to Knicks a few times, but Kentucky net, didn't register a sack. And, and that, that kind of. You know what? What surprised me, and you know, and I, and I thought Nick and I talked about this on the depth chart is, you know, I was a lot higher on Bo Nix than most people were going into the game, and but his the ability of Bo Nix to throw from the pocket really surprised me. But hey, football happens, and he got a lot better from his freshman to sophomore year. He stepped up in the pocket and made a lot of good throws. So, uh, you know, but Auburn. I, you know, talking about good things, 30 rushes for 91 yards. Kentucky held Auburn to less than 100 yards rushing, and, and Auburn was trying to attack the perimeter. So that kind of took Quinn Bohanna out of the game a little bit because, you know, going around the edges. But I thought I thought Bohanna played the two-gap well. And mm-hmm. uh, he did. he's going to need – yeah, he's going to need to do that because Ole Miss is – Ole Miss rushed for 170-something yards. So it wasn't off of the air for the Rebels. So – uh, I think they need to continue to do what they're doing. But Kentucky's going to have to find a way uh, to have at least three sacks against Ole Miss and put some pressure on Corral. Chuck, what do you think went right for the Cats on Saturday? I thought that our run defense was good. Um, I just feel like we need to have uh, – where was Boogie Watson? I mean, we need some outside pressure or, God, maybe play some man and, and blitz a corner, a cat or – I just didn't see much of that pressure. And when we did get back there, I just feel like our D linemen are so big that Knicks could just kind of escape and, you know, players get open. I get that. We were playing a lot of zone, which we like to do. But right. I just think we need – you have to have turnovers. And I, the defense can play a good zero turnovers. Granted, the fourth and one stop, I mean, I guess that's a turnover mm-hmm. in a sense. But you got to have a pick or a fumble or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, well, they definitely did. I think Bo Nix is good in that receiving core is great. Um, just uh, like like you said earlier, when you lose the turnover battle three to zero away in an mm-hmm. SEC game, I'm sorry, you're not winning that. Yeah, and I, I went. I watched most of the game last night because I was thinking the same thing. Like it felt like it's like where was the pressure at? And really, they actually got after him pretty well. Uh, yeah. But what would end up happening is they would run quick, get it out of it. I mean, they, they were really big on getting it out of Nix's hands quickly. And, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, there was one time where Josh hit him at the hip and just fell off. Uh, but Boogie, he actually, like, he, he did a lot of things really well in run support, which isn't necessarily his strength. Um, but I, I think a, a lot of those is, like, it's a – especially with defensive line, things just move faster. I think that's going to come. I'm confident yeah. it'll get better. And I'm glad that they did start blitzing more. 
as the game went on, there was one third and long where they just rushed three, and it's like, come on, are we just? I get that these guys are good, but come on, we got we got to get after them. Let's pin our ears back a little bit. Um, but Kentucky, their defense, I think their defense will improve. What I I really like to early on in that that first drive, there was some monster box through. I mean, Luke Fortner absolutely depleted a dude on that screen pass to Josh Ali. And then on the Cavassier smoke touchdown, Drake just he, – he, he chipped a guy, and when he chipped him, he blew him like three yards off the field onto his butt and then went and made another block and just let smoke go 40 yards for a touchdown. It was incredible. I don't know. I guess he can't he can't hear you. Blocking <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and not to switch topics to Terry, I thought Terry did play well. Um, and I think you've kind of tweeted at some people that, you know, have said, well, what about these two plays? Those plays are going to happen. But, God, you have two free plays and we throw a net total of four yards. I mean, two <laughs> two-yard passes. I get it. Sometimes you don't know if they're called offsides. I don't know. I just feel like we've got to have receivers step up and – and win the one-on-one matchups where we can throw it deep. I remember there was a ball. Terry tried to throw deep, and it was like triple coverage to Josh Ali. I'm going, God, that – we're lucky that's not a pick. Yeah. I yeah. don't see that, him. It was him throwing from the end zone, too. He's just like, I'm going to throw it 50 yards downfield. Like, why the hell not? Um, but I thought Terry did look good, very composed. Um, you know, that, that fumble just comes from not playing and not taking those hits and I mean, obviously, it's one you, you want to get back. But all in all, I think he played a good game and definitely um, didn't surprise me with how well he played, but looked good. I, I thought he was going to look good, but I think, you know, Rust is off now and he's going to unleash, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, Freddie, I like the way that he Eddie kind of – eased him in. I know folks got kind of mad at the screens, but like I said, Luke Fortner just blasted a dude into the next century. So, like, they started working, uh, and then he took some shots downfield and uh, connected on one to Allen Daly. That was a beautiful pass on third down. Uh, and then you had one to Josh Ali that was a sail route that hit him in the hands, and then you had another deep ball that he missed a little bit outside, and Josh went out of bounds right away, but most of those shots down the field, like there was the third and long after the upshaw penalty. I mean, it hit Epps in the numbers. Like you just you got to make some plays out there. Um, you know, the passing game isn't just on Terry Wilson. Yeah, I thought Terry did a lot of good things. I really did. I mean, he completed sixty four percent of his passes, threw for two hundred thirty nine yards. I mean, I I thought he did some good things. I mean, there's nobody going to be harder on Terry than Terry is on himself today. Uh, you know, he knows he's got to clean up the the fumble, and he knows. You know, I'm sure he knows about the interception. I mean, you know, he, he he's a bigger crit, critic on himself than other people are. Uh, so, he's just got to clean that up. But I thought he did a, a lot of good things, um, and he just needs to build on that. I know that's coach speak and generic, but mm-hmm. he just needs to build on the good things that he did. But, Nick, you're exactly right. The passing game is an 11-man operation. I thought the offensive line did a tremendous job yeah. in pass blocking. You know, we knew they could run block, but hey, they pass block their, their tails off. And, you know, Charles, I mean, you got to separate when you get downfield. I mean, you know that better than everybody else. So, 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that Stoops did talk about it, that the pick is because a receiver had a, a missed assignment. So, yeah, you know, you throw that ball thinking there's going to be no one there and you have a receiver run a, you know, three receivers run three flats and then there's a guy there. It's, it looks like it's all Terry's fault, but in a sense, it's really not. So. Yeah, and we we saw Isaiah Cummings got added to the depth chart. I have a feeling he won't be the only freshman that gets a little action today, or uh, excuse me, uh, next week against Ole Miss. Uh, I, th- I think you'll probably see Keaton Upshaw get a few more targets, and then Bryce Oliver was out. Stoops didn't specify why, um, but just that he's now day to day. He was listed as first on the depth chart. Demarcus Harris did did some okay things until he fumbled it. There's another chance to kind of get back closer so you know it's one of those things that like a lot of these mistakes like you you just you knew that you would get some in week one and you hoped that they weren't catastrophic mistakes but they are against the number eight team in the country um and we can kind of beat a dead horse on hey they should have done this here and and like the the one that i i've never seen before and i was i freely grant you, I lost my mind while watching the game. It was on the two-point conversion when Terry threw out of bounds. It's like, Terry, wait, I, I like that you're not taking sacks anymore, but, like, you know, you can try to, like, th- force it a little bit on a two-point play. Like, you're not getting this play back. <laughs> that was one where right when he threw it, everyone, you know, kind of is going, what, he's an idiot. I'm like, well, I guess it probably doesn't help that you had this same kind of play 30 minutes ago and you threw a pick get called back I I mean I agree it's take again it's kind of with those two free plays take the shot yeah you can be a quarterback and try to slide something in there and if it does get picked and tackled it's like I mean that you're supposed to do that so yeah that one was best I will tell you what was awesome DeAndre Square on that fourth and one get in there ruffle up get that guy down that was and a pivotal point in the game. I mean, that was that was an awesome stop. Yeah, yeah. It was a good run blitz call, too. Um, I mean, and it, it it was cool that he was by number 22 as well, like yeah. right at the perfect time. Yeah, but I think, you know, we're taking away the pot. I mean, Kentucky went toe-to-toe pretty much an even match, even ball game through three quarters after getting a touchdown taken away. I mean, that, that, that's got to be a positive. You know, things broke down in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's been well documented. We've documented it on this podcast. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kentucky went to Auburn and, and through three quarters plus. You know, it was an even ball game. It was, you know, it was it was whoever, you know, whoever finished the best, unfortunately for Kentucky, Auburn did. But, uh, you know, I, I think you got to look at that as well. Yeah, we're we're efforting to get Drew back on here. Drew's had his power go out off and on all day, which just sounds like hell on earth um, to deal with. So uh, I, I have a feeling he'll kick the something around and, and maybe like unplug something and plug it back in. Usually that works. Uh, but there, there is one thing I want to get to because in, in this segment, it's it's going to be brought to our friends by Midnight Rooster. Who Midnight Rooster? They got the best CD, CBD products on the market midnight rooster that the, the, you can put it in your beard to get it thicker i know that like i have the kind of worst beard in the history of the world it's nowhere near drew franklin's i can just uh 
nice and soft. They also have the kind that you can take before you go to sleep. You get a great night full of rest. Or if you just got regular aches and pains, Freddie, I know that arthritis accent, try a little Midnight Rooster CBD oil. It's M-I-D-N-I-T-E rooster.com, and I, it'll, it'll make you feel better. It's the feel-good cure for all. Sounds good. I'll use some. Definitely. Now, this is they're, – they're sponsoring this segment. Instead of keys of the week, this is overreactions because it's overreaction Monday. Everybody is losing their minds, and I actually think Drew might be here. Drew, are, have you lost your mind? I'm about to. How are you guys doing? <laughs> good. How are you? Good to me now. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you sound like a little frustrated. Are you in your car? Uh, since I started this podcast, I've already been to Frederick Douglass High School and back trying to find it somewhere in the vicinity of where I live, and I cannot find it. So we're just going to do whatever this is. This is working. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> well, Drew, what do you think is the, the best, worst overreaction on the day two days after a loss? Uh, have you all gone first since I just popped up, or am I the first one to give my? You get first dibs, Drew, because you've earned it after oh. fighting the internet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The overreaction in a minute will be me putting my fist through my TV because I can't get on this podcast. But other than that, how about those overreactions to Terry Wilson on the postgame show? I don't know if you all got to listen, but there were a lot of people uh, ready to already go to Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood or Sawyer Smith or whoever wants to take a snap. I couldn't believe how many fans had already given up on Terry just over uh, – couple bad turnovers but not a horribly bad game well and, and freddie named the stats earlier like if you would have told me that terry threw for 260 yards and completed 65 percent of his passes i probably would have thought kentucky would have won um where i think the I, really it's just easy to just blame the quarterback because he had bad turnovers but like uh, as Jared used to say, like, I don't know how you all used to put up with me because he threw, like, I don't know, 20 interceptions <laughs> his first year. Um, but the backup quarterback, it's an easy go-to. What I think what I think hurt Terry is, like, Freddie, I don't think going into this game that Eddie Grand planned on Terry Wilson getting more rushing attempts than any other player on the team. And I, I, I tried to go back, and I, I think some of it was just – the offense didn't have any favors of short field position. Uh, they were starting in some bad spots. But the, the run game really failed to get going in that second half, and I don't, I don't think it, it benefited. It, it gave Terry any crutches to kind of lean on whatsoever. Yeah, Kentucky averaged 3.6 yards a carry. Uh, I, thought, I thought Kentucky would have had to rush for over 200 yards to win the game. Uh, rush for, what, 150? Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and in the second half, especially uh, Kentucky got off schedule. You know, mm -hmm. through a, a lot of first down passes and things that Kentucky's not really comfortable with, and, and I think that also limited uh, what they did. And you know, Terry had 37 attempts. That, you know, I don't know if that's a a good number or not. Uh, that's a lot of passes. Uh, mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I think getting off schedule forced Terry to run quite a bit. Well, and Drew, to your to your point, like all those folks are wanting Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood. A, the grass is probably nine and a half times out of ten never greener on the other side, especially when it comes to quarterback play. But 
when you look at this roster, okay, and, and, and you look at your, your playmakers, your guys who are difference makers, if Kentucky's going to have one of those guys, if they're going to have a Benny Snell or a Lynn Bowden, who you put the ball in their hands when you need big plays to happen, the best candidate for that is Terry Wilson. There's not another yeah, guy agree. on this offense who's going to just all of a sudden become this world beater. I think A.J. Rose, I, I, I was really happy to see him catch passes out of the backfield, and I, I saw him lower his shoulder and knock K.J. Britt backwards at the line of scrimmage. But, like, is he a Benny Snell? Like, you can just feed him in the second half? No, he's not. If there's going to be a guy that's going to take you to the next place, it's got to be Terry. And to expect that in his first game, after not playing football for a year, it's it's re- frankly just ridiculous. And I I I think that uh, you can we can come across as like, oh, you guys just love Terry. He's like, no, we're just not idiots who are just screaming for the next man up because oh, we lost a game. You know what? If if I had a nickel for every time Kentucky lost to a top ten team on the road in the SEC, I'd be jingling jangling everywhere I walked because that happens, folks. It does. Calm the hell down. Well, I, I need to calm the hell down. Sorry. Charles, you're a numbers guy. Terry threw for 243 yards and rushed for 43. Uh, so that's what, two, eight, six? Yeah. All right. Kentucky had 300 and what, 382 total yards. So, so what percentage of, of all of them? That's, say that's your I'm, guy right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, you know, Number of statistics tell the truth, so uh, you can look at it that way. You know, I, I, I think Terry did a lot of good things. And, and, Nick, you're exactly right. He is the most explosive player that Kentucky has right now. And, uh, okay, I, I think I've gotten off my soapbox. I, w- I want to stand in another soapbox, and I don't know if this is an overreaction. I think it is, but – there was a time when I was very mad on Saturday that I was like, well, Stoops, he's going to regret not hiring a special teams coach. You had the swinging gate play that never works, and it worked. And then you had Bo Nix's punts that kept getting down at the one-yard line or whatever. And then you had the, uh, the, the fake punt that didn't work. And, and, Drew, I was just like, are we going to go through this rigmarole where the special teams just stinks all year? And – Am I overreacting? Uh, no, but I think we all overreacted in that moment. I think it looked like on television, at least to the naked eye in that moment, that either Mark Stoops made a horrible call or Max Duffy went way off the grid and made a horrible decision. We've since heard Stoops explain that a little better. Uh, the tape shows there might have been a missed block there. That It did have potential, and it wasn't quite as terrible as it looked, at, looked out, but Hell, it sure did look pretty bad. But I think that will be there and continue to be there throughout the year. And I hope that one time it's falling apart, they don't just give up on it. Because I think that um, having Max Duffy with a little bit of a green light to run when he sees an opening, I think that's a big asset they should keep using this season. Charles, do you, is there like – because I believe you were there the, the last time Stoops did this, where uh, a special teams coach left and then he just said, we're going to – spread the duties around. Am, am I right that you were there for that? Yeah, different coaches had a different aspect of the game. I think it was after Niver left. That sounds maybe. right, yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't think it's a bad way to do it, but I will say after Bo's second punt, well, you know, the first one is kind of – it was a good punt seven, um, and it looked like our guys were just surprised. You know, they didn't know what was going on. I don't know if they showed that on film last year or not, but then the second one came up, and it was like, all right, we know what they're doing before the snap. <laughs> they snapped the ball. And literally, our D linemen were just standing there. Like, no, no one was even rushing. So they're just standing there. Bo Nix hasn't moved. He has the ball. He holds it for three seconds, lets the receivers get downfield, then they stop it at the two-yard line. I mean, is there not someone where we can coach to say, hey, even though you're not going to block it, you need to still rush? I mean, what <laughs> world? Like, that one – Or can we not scared. put the free safety just, like, 30 yards downfield to just catch it? That- it's, you know, some of my friends are saying, well, we need to get a returner in there. I'm like, yeah, how is the hell is that going to work? Just a returner is going to be standing 30 yards back and we're going to have a safety rush off the field and he's going to rush in. I'm like, you can't really do that. But, and then you get into, all right, you, do you want, do you trust the safety to turn one of these punts? That's going to be a bouncer that could go God knows where. I mean, yeah. no, how about we get some pressure? So Bo Nixon holding the ball for four seconds and then can, leisurely punt the ball that's a good point yards down to the two yard line where there's three guys waiting to just stop it it's like god gotta be something we can do i would have trusted boss man fat back there i think he would have picked it up and then ran it to the house drew easy said and done so am i alone in still believing in boss man fat i appreciate you believing in this fake hypothetical situation here but uh are you still on board with me no oh all the way i I, okay I'm on board with just turn punts. Freddie and I exchanged messages after the game, and I was I was really venting to Freddie about Boss Man. I hope he doesn't share all the things I said because uh, as, never. as a fan, I, I, yeah, I can I can be critical, but I am still excited for for what's to come. And I agree that he would have made a play in that situation, and he would make a play in any situation. He just needs to keep talking a little bit more to build up his confidence, and then it will eventually come out. There, there's another defensive back. I think I'm going to give him another week, but I'm worried about him. And I, I'm, I'm I'm really worried about him. There's a lot of diving at feet trying to make tackles, and you just can't do that. So I'm, I'm going to give him another week, though, before I get mad. But there was some misplays out there that's like, buddy, buddy, come on now. And, and, and I think there's also something to be said, too, of like, we don't know how many reps these guys have even gotten in practice, like going into this, uh, because we heard a lot of good things early in camp about Vito Tisdale. He didn't get in the game. We heard things about Donut Drennan. Maybe Donut wasn't even available. Like that's the thing that sucks about dealing with the COVID and the pandemic and everything is we we there's there's a lot of uncertainties. Uh, but I do feel like we learned more about our teams and other teams. And my favorite overreaction is that we'll be lucky to win three games this year. You see how good them Mississippi schools are? They're going to score a 1,000 points on our defense. <laughs> That's why I don't listen to the show after the games. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in Freddie, like, I know that they scored 600. Uh, both of the Mississippi schools had 600 yards of offense. But, like – I mean, 
It's uh, just because you're good in week one and you caught some teams off guard doesn't mean that now that you've got some film out there that the defense can't figure something out. Like, I just, it just aggravates me to no end that because uh, Vanderbilt actually played with Texas A&M that all of a sudden Derek Mason's got a giant killer out there. Like, I just, I, it, it drives me absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overreactions week one, uh, especially, you know, with the Mississippi schools. You know, Miss Ole Miss got a lot of the yards kind of when the game was out of hand, too. So, I mean, you can look at that. But still, you, that, that's, that's, that's impressive against the Todd Grantham defense, what they did. Uh, you know, had a 14-14 tie there in the first quarter uh, and then came down and scored a couple times pretty quick in the third quarter. But, yeah, it's, uh, you get some film on them and see how they do, especially, you know, like I said, Kentucky's going to have to limit their possessions by turnovers, sacks, and in, and in long drives on the offensive side and, mm-hmm. and take away – Kentucky's going to have to take away a lot of their possessions because Ole Miss can score fast now. Yeah, and, and we can get out of overreactions uh, presented by our good friends at Midnight Rooster, which I've just been I, – I don't want to be mad anymore, Drew. And it kind of, I think it helped that we did have Michael H. throwing the football all over the yard right after uh, UK's game because it was fun to watch. And it also was like – Example exhibit A of how not to guard uh, an air raid offense. They LSU basically did everything wrong. Um, but the pirate, did did you see him on the bandwagon this morning, Drew? Listen, I am obsessed with the pirate, and I watched every minute of that game Saturday. I was rooting for Mississippi State. I, this is weird to me because I'm supposed to hate Mississippi State. I hate Starkville. They're kind of a UK rival. But it's Mike Leach, man, and he's been a lot of fun so far. 600 yards in his first game with a quarterback I don't really know anything about. Are you kidding me? It's going to be a long ride with him in the SEC West. Man, that Egg Bowl might be like 75 to 80. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they had 1,200 yards of offense combined, both teams, 79 points. Uh, And, like, Colin Hill, he caught more passes than he rushed for, and he's all SEC running back. It was just – it was crazy, um, and, and I think the the like the most fun out of all of those games wasn't the most fun game, but it was just the ending of it. If you all stayed up late to watch Tennessee, South Carolina, it was the most classic Will Muschamp oh. implosion ever, Charles. Like it was, it was just the most perfect way for a Will Muschamp team to lose a football game. Crazy, and I don't. I mean, I think it's on the returner there, so I don't know. It was. Uh... <laughs> If y'all didn't see it, there was a – South Carolina, they, they got the one stop they needed to make Tennessee punt. They would have had to go like 80 yards to score a touchdown in two minutes. They probably weren't gonna, going to do that. That Colin Hill, uh, Stephen Garcia look like not the best guy, but they would have at least had a chance. And on the final punt, a one of the guys just – I mean, I – I don't know how – I guess the returner didn't call Peter or whatever, and the ball bounces off the ground, hits the South Carolina Gamecock, Tennessee falls on it, game over. <laughs> uh, I actually had a Tennessee watch party that I didn't uh, approve in my own house. There oh. were uh, three Vols fans in full Vols colors, and when the game was over, somehow Rocky Top was playing from my speakers, and I had to kick everyone out. But I want to get that off my chest, that I was part of that during that game, and I am not proud of it. Oh, no, Drew. 
Did Frank just yeah. like commandeer your house? Did Franco just say we're we're we're, we're singing Rocky Top tonight? But you know, as you and I and Freddie and the other people's website, we usually need a couple hours to get our work done after a UK game ends. It's not partying for us. And I, I was uh, away doing my writing, had my headphones on, and next thing I know, I walk in the kitchen and people just invited themselves over for a little uh, Vols watch party. And I, I'm still dealing with that right now. I don't know if I'll ever speak to my father again, but. Since you brought that game up, I wanted you all to know that that's what I had to deal with. And, yes, I watched it end. I watched just about every play. I'm not that afraid of them, but it was hard watching them work that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i not that afraid of either of those teams. Uh, I I love watching Will Muschamp lose, though. It's one of my favorite national pastimes. Uh, and if nothing else that this weekend taught us, Freddie – it's going to be a hard-ass season. <laughs> there, yeah, aren't, there aren't any easy wins out there. No, there's not. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody was counting on the Mississippi schools being a win, but, you know, they, they look pretty daggone good, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's – really Missouri is the only team that I watched on Saturday that I was like – I don't think, you know – I mean, I, no disrespect to Missouri, but I, I just – Drinkowitz is, is in a total rebuild mode, just put it that way. And plus, they were playing Alabama, if it says anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Alabama is probably the one team that really is in another kind of stratosphere. But it, it's I, I'm, I'm, I might be giving Louisville more credit than they deserve, but they're in t- three weeks into this. Now, they did have Western as a, as a nice little easy starter. But I think they're seeing just the kind of physical toll of getting into conference play week in and week out. It's only three weeks in. But I, I, I really believe that it's just going to be nonstop madness in college football this year because it's going to be so many conference games. Teams are going to get worn out. There's going to be injuries. Uh, there's going to be people out with COVID to where, like, you don't know what's going to happen. You might be Oklahoma and up about 21 points and then blow a lead in the fourth quarter. Like, you never know. Yeah. You could be Texas Tech up by 15 with three minutes left. You throw your horns down, and just like that, you're done. So, yeah, uh, college football is going to be crazy this year. You mentioned Alabama, Nick. I, I thought Florida looked pretty daggone good, too. Kyle Pitts, man, that dude is uh, – he's on another level. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, 51 points, it's kind of like uh, – I think I saw where Spurrier gave Mullen – I hate that Spurrier is still at Florida. Like, can we just, like, get him out of there to where he's, like, in a place <laughs> where we can like him? Like, I want I want to like him, but he's, like – he's over there giving Dan Mullen little shots of wine or a little wine, champagne bottles, like, congratulating him. It's like, stop. <laughs> Steve, geez, come on. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, it's – the good thing is, is we can kind of wash this loss over us. Like, you can just – it's almost like, Drew, a, a chaser. Like, if you just – you just get that chaser for, like, a really nasty, like, early times or Kentucky Tavern just to, like – you got the bad out of the way. You learned, hey – don't take the Kentucky Tavern next time. Let's upgrade a little bit. And that's what Kentucky is doing this week uh, against Ole Miss. A, a chance to learn and improve against a defense that's not very good. If you want a positive twist on it, yes, there were some huge mistakes made, but at least they were made at number eight Auburn on the road. 
instead of a game you're supposed to win and you maybe make up and you drop a game to a Missouri or a Vandy. The game, realistically, I know we talked ourselves into it, but it's a game Kentucky was probably going to lose. Um, so, yeah, it happened. Suck it up. Let's move on and make sure you don't do it again because there's some games they can still win. And I think there's still a lot of upsets on the table that can make this a fun season. No, definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of folks were just like, man, you can have a 6-4 and four season and spend it all in the top 25 if you just split Auburn and Tennessee and win one of those. And, of course, that's on the table. Um, you can make a huge splash. But, I mean, the Mississippi schools now. Like, now that Leach is on the map, like, there's, there's, there's plenty of greatness up for grabs, if you will. So, yeah. Charles, it's, it's – man, I, I have a feeling when we do this podcast – it's flip of the coin. Who knows what we're going to be feeling like each Monday this week, this year, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I think um, kind of like what you said, the whole COVID people missing. I mean, Notre Dame canceled their whole game because I guess they had an outbreak and 50 people had it, 50 players had it or something. Um, you know, Freddie said the best. We're going to have to score points this week to beat uh, a high powered Ole Miss offense. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what we got. You know, Nick, there, there was, there's always been four phases of the game. I know everybody knows offense, defense, special teams, but weather is the fourth phase of the game. And uh, Kentucky could sure use some of that weather it had last year in a few of these games, you know, uh, especially <laughs> against Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You know, if it decided to rain, that mm. would be okay. Uh, but, yeah, and then, you know, now you have to, you have to add uh, the COVID situation, which, you know, I, I – they're saying September is going to be the worst month we've had. So, uh, you know, who knows how all that's going to work out. Get your get your flu shots, folks. Uh, just do that. It's it's a good idea every year, uh, particularly this year. Uh, and hell, the Virginia Tech they were down twenty three players from COVID, and they went out yeah. and won a football game. Mike, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, this year is going to be bizarre and. This week, Kentucky gets a chance to get a little redemption against Lane Kiffin. Drew, do you remember the last time uh, Kentucky played a Lane Kiffin coach football team? Uh, if it was in Knoxville, I was there because I remember a big Lane Kiffin game and going to the ball walk with him and his wife and kids walking through when he was brand new and they were acting like he's going to save the program. So uh, I'd say it's either that one or the time he won in Lexington. That, he won. I know that. I thought he was only there for a year, but I, if if I'm correct, maybe, maybe I, okay, but... I, I just I think that I, I think that one of the games was the Randall Cobb doesn't score near the goal line game, or they like Randall Cobb got down there and they quit giving him the football. Yeah, it was. I was I was at that game, and I remember the celebration by the Tennessee players and and seeing Kiffin walk off the field. Uh, after Randall Cobb got him down there, he didn't get the ball mm. at the in the red zone, and especially on, on near the goal line. And C one scored on the first play of overtime and won, and beat Kentucky. So yeah, well, a chance for redemption to send Lane Kiffin packing. Uh, man, Randall Cobb got his first touchdown with the Texans yesterday, though. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so looking, Edwards again. Mike Edwards had an interception. One-handed. It's good-looking. Yeah. In the end zone. <laughs> then you had Zadarius was dominating in the night game. Yep. 
Drew, can you explain to me how Derrick Henry at like 275 pounds or whatever in the hell he is jumped into the end zone like he did yesterday? (laughs) No, I cannot. But I can't imagine being on the other side of that line of scrimmage as there is an airborne Derrick Henry coming at me. That might be the day I quit playing football. I just, um, before we hopped on the air, back when I had internet, before KU and the power went out in my neighborhood, uh, I listened to Mike Vrabel's press conference today, and Derrick Henry is on pace for 450 carries, which would shatter the record, and they asked if they're going to dial it back, and he said, no, we're going to break that record. You get ready for more <laughs> Derrick Henry this year. <laughs> Wait, speaking of big boys, how did we not know that Auburn had a 300-pound tight end for the game? My goodness, oh my. that dude was a load. <laughs> that was the biggest. That past our radar, huh? <laughs> I mean, the the fact that they showed him on the kickoff, too, is really funny. Like, because he did the thing, Chuck, where he ran for, like, the first 15 yards, and it was like, oh, this is a touchback. I'm good. Yeah, he reminded me of Goro from uh, Mortal Kombat. I mean, that was the biggest guy I've ever seen that could move, like, crazy. I think he was eating some of that chicken fried bacon, Freddie. Maybe, maybe a few too many pieces yeah. of that. Yeah, that Cole had, exactly. What was he doing sitting on the ground? All that, t- like, I feel like he was on the ground a lot during I, the game. I don't know. I, I need to ask him about that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, did you all see was... his mask that he posted on Instagram? I did not. Yeah, his mask. He had a, he had a oh, tan. Oh, yeah. He has a great tan from where he wore a mask on the sideline all day. And it's only going to get worse all year. <laughs> the bottom half of his face is white and the top half is red. Great look for Cole. Which we need to remind folks, if you're going to the game at Kroger Field Saturday, uh, wear your mask. Uh, You have to do that. And you can't wear a neck gaiter or a bandana. Uh, Those aren't good enough to keep the COVID out. So you've got to wear a mask that fits, that wraps around your ears uh, to keep it away. You got to keep them on, except if you're eating or drinking in your seat. You also have to answer a little medical questionnaire when you get there. Um, And if you want to get tickets, tickets are still available. Uh, I didn't see the exact number. Drew, but single-game tickets are available for all five home games. I know a lot of folks were worried that they wouldn't get to go to games this year. Uh, But, you know, a a lot of people, they know that, like, hey, we probably shouldn't go – we shouldn't go out and about. So, uh, uh, go get your ticket. If you want to see the Cats in person, you you have your opportunities uh, this fall. Yeah, and I haven't talked to people who have gone to games at other places – it ended up being a pretty fun atmosphere. I, I questioned all summer if it would be worth being there. If you're spent out and not sitting with people you're used to sitting with. I've heard people that were at the Auburn game and some others, but it's it's still fun being socially distanced. So hopefully UK fans will pack it and bring some noise. Oh, and Stoops is ready to uh, – he's ready to fire up and, and pump in some crowd music. He's like, hey, whatever we got to get it to, I'm making sure they're, they're cranking it as high, loud as we can get it. So – it should be a doozy for a 4 o'clock kickoff this Saturday at the Krogue, the first game at Kroger Field, going up against the Ole Miss Rebels, Matt Carell, and that high-powered Lane Kiffin offense. If you like what you listen to today, we got plenty of more podcasts previewing that game throughout the week, 11 personnel on Tuesday, free money on Wednesday, and the depth start with me and Freddie on Thursday. So uh, plenty more action for you to get to throughout the week because this is a bounce back week we we learned our mistakes in week one uh we learned hey you can't have your power go out all the time but we're figuring it out and we're, we're pushing 
past those obstacles. We're kicking over the hurdles, and, and we're getting right in, in week two. Exactly, and we're going west on Friday. Yeah, Western Kentucky. Well, is Bowling Green in Western Kentucky, Freddie? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of right in the – yeah, I consider it Western Kentucky. I get Drew. Drew's the expert. He's from down there. Is it? Is it? Is this Bowling I mean, Green count? Since, since Western Kentucky University is there, it's kind of hard to take Western Kentucky away from him. But it's pretty sketchy on calling them Western. I'll say that we, <laughs> we include them, but they're not invited to every family reunion. <laughs> we it's, were up north last Friday, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Johnson Central, man, pretty like. If you had, I know the the story got posted about an hour before kickoff, so y'all probably missed it, but like. A, a player's parent passed away while they were on the way up there uh, from from Johnson yeah. Central to Northern Kentucky, and uh, they still got the win over Simon Kenton. Uh, powerful stuff, uh, and that, the Johnson yeah. Central football team—they're they're one of the best teams in the state, Freddie. Yeah, you know, and, and I sent you that text after the first two drives that Grant Bingham's a dude, man. I mean, that he can go. I mean, he, he I'm rarely. Do I, do I see a prospect play that they exceed my expectation? But he exceeded expectation that I had. And I knew he was a, was a great player, you know, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Michigan, everybody in the world's offered him. But mm-hmm. he, he's better than I even thought. I mean, he's, he is the real deal, buddy. Well, and you got a couple UK recruits playing on Friday. Jordan Dingle is a tight end for Bowling Green that has a UK offer. He's probably – he's our top in-state recruit remaining in twenty. 20- 21 class yeah 2021 class and then a junior 2022 the quarterback Cade Velkamp he's got a UK offer but his mom went to Duke and his dad was a strength coach for Bobby Petrino for like a decade or so at Louisville and Western so got a lot of ties elsewhere but nevertheless I'm anxious to see what you see uh, from those two UK prospects on Friday yeah I'm looking forward to it can get down the bowling ring should be a great weekend football. Uh, great week to get ready. We got a hell of a Monday night football game tonight, too. Which, by the way, if y'all aren't checking out games at KS Bar and Grill, uh, we got a great setup over there. Uh, and on Thursday nights, like Thursday night football, $10 buckets of beer, like hell of a place. You, you don't get $10 buckets of beer, Charles Walker, especially during football games. So, like, I mean, come on. That's true. I've seen them, I'm, I've seen them as low as 12, never 10. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a hell of a deal. And then uh, before the game on Saturday, I'm sure we'll have the pregame show out there. Big tent, first come, first serve. So come on by, say hi, socially distance, wear that mask, and enjoy some football. It's going to start feeling like fall this week around the bluegrass, Uh, maybe a little sweater weather. And you know what? That's that fourth element that we're waiting on, Freddie. It's going to be just in time for the Cats to kick Ole Miss's ass on Saturday. There you go. Bring on the rain. (laughs) And with that, we're going to call it a day on the KSR Football Podcast. We'll be back before you know it. Uh, Big thanks to our friends at Midnight Rooster and UK Federal Credit Union, who's presenting the KSR Football Podcast this fall. For Freddie Magger, Drew Franklin, and Charles Walker, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats, go Kroger. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.